I want to introduce a series of messages which I'm going to share at least the next three weeks. Maybe we'll, we'll cross over, but at least the next three weeks. Um, and I really believe these messages are well, it's going to help me, but I'm praying it's going to help you. And I want to start with a question. The, the question I want to start with, what if your greatest accomplishment in life is not really about you? I want to just, just throw that question out there because today we can easily focus on what we're sp- supposed to do in our life. How can we be successful? What can I do? Even our prayers can be self-focused. Lord, bless me, prosper me, strengthen me, show me. And, and while the promises of God include all that stuff, I believe there's more waiting on the other side. There's more waiting for us to discover and experience and it, and it comes at a cost. For you to become and receive all that God has for your friends, it comes at a cost. It came at a cost for Jesus to die upon a cross, but it'll come at a cost. There's choices we need to make. And what's required is that, that each one of us will learn how to draw a line in the sand. And, and what I'm going to try to do in the next little bit is try to challenge you, what side of the line are you living on? And I'm going to, in the midst of this, I'm going to add a story from AJ and Leanne which might help you comprehend what a line in the sand may look like. Let's go to, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to 2 Kings chapter 6. While you're going there, I might actually bring AJ and Leanne up now because, don't you love these guys? Look, I'd like you to share your story. Uh, Well, we've been blessed with an amazing opportunity uh, to witness to a whole bunch of people that we didn't know we were going to be able to do. Um, So a week and a bit ago, I learned that I have a medical condition that's going to need a bit of work. Um, And we're just praying that that's going to work well in terms of the kingdom. Um, So we'd appreciate your prayers. We've shared it with some people, but we just want the whole church to know so that if you're asking how we're going and we go, then it's probably a uh, a tougher time. So basically, I'm not sure why my legs are shaking when I talk in front of people all the time. Um, We're going to have a bit of a journey in this next six to 12 months in terms of treatment for lymphoma. Um, That came as a big shock a week and a half ago, obviously, and we're just working through what that means. So we're peaceful uh, and treating it as an opportunity to really share God's love in an area that isn't needed. And obviously this will be a very pertinent message. So um, yeah, we're not fearful. Uh, Obviously it's new and it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster and we'd appreciate your support in terms of that. And it may... Unfortunately, I will drop in and out of eldership. I shouldn't say drop out of eldership. I'll step back from eldership for a little while. Um, but yeah, that's our next line in the sand, I suppose. So we just wanted to um, share that because some know, and just don't, we want you to hear it from them. Uh, and they are, they are not afraid. They are not shaken. They, 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 well, there's legs. <laughs> but, um, but, but in the midst of this, you know, it's, it's finding your strength in God. And so we're going to pray for you guys and... Um, Andrew and Julie, can you guys come up? So, Lord, we just thank you for family. And, Lord, we just thank you that you are, you've already gone in front of this family. You've already, you've already crossed the line before AJ. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, as he walks into a new space, that he would discover that you're already there. And you're already there with supernatural purpose and supernatural power. And that as they walk in that space, Lord, they will discover in a greater way your goodness and your grace. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who heals. 
And Lord, we surrender, well, they surrender to your healing pathway and uh, trust that you will continue to reveal yourself as you have for their whole lives and that you will always be with them because you have been and you will never let them down. We pray for Leanne and for Amy and Isaac and Taya and Joel and um, Scooter and uh, Tilly. Tilly. (laughs) We just pray that you just presence yourself in a beautiful, real way with them. In Jesus' name. Alrighty. So that's sort of the introduction to my sermon. How's that for an introduction? That's not a bad intro. So, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, that should have given you time to find it in your Bibles. So uh, I'm going to quickly go through this. I will move on to the old record plays at 33 speed and 45. I'm going to do this in 45. And considering I speak fast anyway, I'm going to sound like a chipmunk. Okay. I want, to, I want to see how far I get through this. The beauty of being the pastor, you've got a bit of space to stretch your messages into next week if I don't get that far. But um, I want to talk about what was going on in the city of Samaria. Starting at some time later, King Ben-Hadad from Aram mustered his entire, enemy, uh, his entire army around the city of Samaria. You know, recently we were in the UK and uh, as I, as I visualised the word besieged, I think of the castles and the, uh, particularly the, the Tower of London where you've got the, the, the massive stone walls and you see the, the moat that used to be there or, or maybe if you're into Lord of the Rings you can imagine those scenes where they've got all the, the massive gates that are, that are locked and, and barricaded and so uh, the, where, where the enemy comes to attack and people retreat into their fortress. And um, so here we find the Israelites retreating into their fortress. Um, but what we discover is that what is their fortress soon becomes their prison. And so uh, in verse 25, as a result, there was a great famine in the city. Remember, there was no... They, they, when you, no one could come or go. They couldn't farm in the land that was outside the city. And so there was no food. There was no, no coming, no going. There was a famine and the siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. I went on Gumtree just to sort of see if there was any, or eBay, but I couldn't find anything, so um, put them in a good example to bring. But it, it gives you a little little glimpse into, into the extremity of the famine that, that people were desperate, that they would do anything, that they would eat anything because they wanted life. But the problem was that what was once a safe place for them became a place that would actually trap them. Um, and so they're, they're waiting. They'd, they'd eat a donkey's head. They'd eat dove's dung. They'd, they, they, they just want to get through another day. Perhaps if I can just get through another day, the enemy will go away. Perhaps if I can just get through another day, the, 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 uh, someone else will come to deliver us. And so they are doing what they can just to survive. But things weren't looking very good for them at all. In fact, things were going from bad to worse. In verse 26, One day as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called out to him, Please help me, my lord the king. He answered, If the lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. The king was feeling helpless. There was nothing he could do. It seemed to him even the lord had deserted them, abandoned his people, no food, no wine. He couldn't give the woman anything. <clears throat> but this wasn't what she was looking for. She wasn't really looking for food or wine. And if you read the story, if you will, you'll see she was facing something 
a pain even greater than the stomach cramps that she had for her hunger. So the king in verse 28 asks, what is the matter? She replied, well, this woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, kill your son so we can eat him. But she's hidden her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing bur- burlap or like sackcloth on his body, under his robe, next to his skin. Things were pretty bad in the city. And I cannot even comprehend how desperate she was. I can only imagine that any mother would feel there's no other option. Perhaps she had more kids. Perhaps this was a sickly child. I don't know the situation, except that I I can imagine it would have been an incredibly difficult option. Could you imagine her guilt? Could you imagine her anger? Could you imagine her shame? So she called out to the one person who could help the king, the one who, who has all authority and all wealth and all power, called out to the king and he couldn't do anything. He didn't know where to turn. He didn't know what to do. If you read the story, he ends up blaming God and and sets out to destroy the prophet Elisha. The king felt abandoned by God. And in the midst of this crazy situation, we come across four, and I love the topic that our kids are doing, we come across four unlikely heroes that are going to appear in the midst of this situation. This I want to focus on as far as I get today. It's a fascinating story about four people, four lepers whose future was looking exceptionally grim. Verse 3, now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back in there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Arameans. These guys seem pretty optimistic about their future. I mean, consider that. It would have been bad enough being a leper, yeah? Wouldn't have been a good thing. It would be worse to be a leper in the time of famine. It would be worse to be a leper in the time of famine when you're in the middle of the war. It would be worse to be a leper in a time of famine in the middle of the war when your army is losing. Their situation was incredibly bleak. Their future was incredibly limited, what they could do. The four lepers were locked outside their city. They'd been rejected, they'd been forgotten, and they had been abandoned by their own people who by their religious law would force them to, to, to be expelled or excommunicated from themselves. They had a, uh, their, their flesh was being eaten away by an incurable disease but whose minds were incredibly sharp. At least their minds were sharp enough to, to think about their options. Behind Doré, Doré was to, well, we could stay and do nothing and die. Doré. Behind Door B, well, we could try to go back into the city, but they've got no food. So Doré is death. Door B is death. Then there was door C. Door C required the greatest risk. Door C was the one that, that was the one that would require the greatest courage from them. 
that they would possibly go across to the enemy and surrender to them. These lepers could have easily blamed God. They could have cursed God. They could have questioned God and said, God, why are all these bad things happening to me? Why have I got this diagnosis? Why have we got this situation? Why has my family turned out like this? Why has my marriage turned out like this? Why is my body riddled with this? They could have stayed at the city gates. And had some very good reasons to be disappointed with God, to be disappointed with their lives, to be disappointed with how circumstances were working out. <coughs> they could have stayed on that side of the line. They could have stayed on the side of the line that was familiar to them. But these lepers were not prepared to do nothing. The lepers were not prepared to let life and all its circumstances take control. The lepers were not prepared to allow death to dictate their future. So that what they did, they drew a line, and I can imagine them outside the city gates drawing a line and saying, here are our options, we can stay here and die. Or if we dare to cross the line, there is the glimpse of hope. There is a possibility of life on this side of the line. They had to make a choice. Where do they stand? Where do they walk? Would they remain? Would they cross? They didn't know what was on the other side. The other side was risky. The other side said, you know what, if I, if I stepped across the line and left death behind, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know, I don't know if the enemy is going to give me any food. I just don't know, but I'm not prepared to stay on the side of death. I'm not prepared just to let it come and let it roll over me and let, let life deliver what life delivers. I'm not prepared to put up with my, my, my marriage or my family or my situation or my health. I'm not prepared to just let it happen and stay here on this side of the line. So at twilight they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us. They cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, their horses, their donkeys and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. What a wonderful story. Those donkeys would have been quite worth a bit of money. Look, hidden in this story is a promise and an insight to how God works throughout Scripture then and how God still works today. The lepers, they just thought that they were off to surrender to the Arameans. That's all they could do. That's all the capacity they had. While they did what they could do, while they willingly drew a line in the sand, stepped out of the place of death, stepped out of the place of depression and darkness and fear, they did what they could do. They had no idea that God had gone before them. They had no idea that God had supernatural, while they were shuffling their feet, if they had legs left, if they, were, if they were shuffling their feet, that's not very nice. My wife would be, sorry. Hi. So. 
I always try to avoid leopard jokes. So don't go there. Don't go there. (laughs) While they were shuffling their feet toward the enemy camp, the enemy heard their shuffle, but God, God, God converted the, their weakness, the sound of their weakness, the sound of their broken, brokenness. God converted that into the sound of a great army, a great, a great force. God, God amplified their brokenness in such a way that he used it to bring the enemy full of fear, and the enemy fled for their lives. <coughs> the enemy heard the sound of heaven's armies, and they left everything behind. So suddenly our homeless and our helpless lepers were the rulers of a wealthy army, army's plunder. I wonder what would happen if they chose to remain on this side of the line. I I just wonder what would happen if the, if the four lepers just accepted their lot in life. They're going to die anyway. Why bother? Why make an effort? Why give it a go? Why trust? Why believe? Why even see a glimpse? Why bother with that glimpse of hope? If they just stayed where they were, if they just accepted the cards they were dealt, if they stayed on this side of the line, what would have happened? I tell you what, they would have never experienced the blessing and the abundance that God had already prepared for them. And when we look at our own lives, could it be that God has something better in our tomorrow than what you are facing in your today, than the troubles of today? I believe that for AJ. I believe that God has something better in his tomorrow than the troubles of today. Could it be that we find it too easy to settle for what we have on this side of the line instead of trusting God for what's yet to come? Perhaps we can settle too easily in our faith, too easily in our marriages, too easily in our internal beliefs. Could it be that we need to stop moping around the city gates complaining that things are going from bad to worse and it's time for us to get up, draw a line in the sand and step across and dare to believe that God is on the other side. The four lepers were not satisfied to simply wait on death. They made an absurd and a ridiculous decision to believe in the impossibility or the possibility that if they crossed the line that there was life and there was hope on the other side. And they acted on that. Now, when they crossed the line, they didn't know that God was already acting on their behalf. Sometimes we can easily blame God for not doing anything. When the issue is, we're not prepared to do anything. That we're not prepared to do what we can. And then we blame God. I remember I've, I've been like this in my life when, when um, if I'm really honest with myself, I've been really lazy and apathetic. Probably just me, not you. Actually, probably you as well, if you're honest. There's times when you're just expecting, and I've just expected God to do everything. Fix this, do this, put the list out there. And then when he doesn't, I get cynical, I get better, I get bitter, not better, I get get angry. And what I've discovered is when I'm willing to take that small step, just just cross that line, it doesn't have to be a big big step, just, just draw the line. Once I... Step across in faith, believing in a good God, believing in a good promise, believing in a good future. I discover when I do that, I discover God's abundance and provision is found on the other side of the line. I can't just stay where I am. And so for the, for the lepers, the, the, the story doesn't end. I know here it ends. 
with feasting and abundance and provision. It sounds like the perfect ending to a story and they all lived happily ever after. But their story, this story is not about them. The greatest testimony of these lepers is not found in their faith by stepping across the line. That's not their greatest testimony. That's not their greatest story. Their greatest story has something to do with that city that is captive and broken and dying. We'll talk about that next week. That'll get you back. But that the greatest, the greatest testimony to the lepers isn't, isn't the step they took for themselves. Because their greatest accomplishment is not about them. So I want to wrap this message up. I want to be a little bit like a doctor. I should have borrowed one of your doctor's things, Libby. Or Richard. Stethoscopes, I think they're called. I want to, I want to poke and prod around your soul. Is that right? And as my loving doctors say, this may hurt a little. It may get a little bit uncomfortable. She may ask you questions that are a bit offensive or rude. (laughs) But this morning I just want to spend a little time just probing because in in some ways we're all a little bit sick. I don't want you living here thinking, oh, pastor said I'm sick. But you know what? There's maybe stuff inside that that may be painful. Stuff inside that doesn't get to the outside. Stuff inside like so many people that are undealt with will, will end in despair and death. So how are you doing? How are you going on the inside? I'm, I'm not calling you a leper. But perhaps, you know, deep down inside of you there's a sickness, there's a, perhaps a famine. Maybe in your walk with God. Maybe in your wrestle with trying to figure out who you are. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe in your relationship. Maybe in your character. There's stuff going on on the inside that's just eating away with you like a cancer. And it's uncomfortable when they poke and prod. But it's like if, it's, it's, if it's undealt with, looking at these guys, if it's undealt with, untreated disease leads to death. But if we allow a divine surgeon, the Holy Spirit, to come and lovingly poke your soul, and I'm not going to ask anyone to bear your soul to me. I want to tell you something. God knows what's going on. And he's available to bring healing. He's available to, to come and bring life. The likelihood is that all of us have something inside of us that's malnutritioned. The likelihood is that all of us have something inside of us that is in famine or drought, affected or dry or hurting or broken. The good news is, everyone say good news. Jesus came for the sick. He said it's the sick people who need a doctor. And so if you're like me or AJ or the person next to you, if you're broken on the inside, can I tell you that there's hope, that there's healing in Jesus, that there's strength in Jesus.
He came for the sick. He came for those who were diseased in the heart, the broken, the downtrodden. He came for those who feel on their very best of days that they feel inadequate and not good enough. And he came to heal and restore, to lift you up and to speak life and light over darkness and despair. The question I have is, you know the question, why isn't my clicker working? Which side of the line will you choose to live? What side of the line do you choose to live? There is a line. You've got a choice. You can choose to live on the side of despair or the side of possibility and hope. You can choose to live on the side of famine and dryness and lack of nutrition. You can choose to stay there. Or you can choose to step across the line and live on the side of provision. You can choose to live on the side of death or you can choose to live on the side of life. It's your choice. It is your choice. I've already told you God's gone before you. That's a, that scripture shows that time and time again. Will you step? Are you willing to take a step across the line? Would you dare to believe? I don't, I don't know. I've got some idea on some of the things going on in your lives. But could you, would you dare to believe that God's already on the other side? Would you dare to believe that he has already gone before you and the enemy's already defeated? I know the lepers didn't know that and they took a step of faith and they received it. But friends, we know that. Then what's holding us back from taking this step? If we know God's already gone before us, if we know that Jesus has defeated the enemy, why would we choose to remain on the side, this side? All you need to do is take a simple step. Sounds easy, doesn't it? If it was easy, you'd have done this before. If, if, if the key and the, and the next step for you, if it was a simple one, you would have done it years ago. It's a simple idea, but it takes guts. It takes faith. It takes risk. The lepers had to cross that line and risk everything they had. They had to risk the unknown. They had to risk and trust that in the midst of their desperation that perhaps God would do something. Simple step. Now, what does that look like? Well, I think... It's got to look different to when you walk in this building to when you walk out. I think if you're looking after a step, Mark, what, what step can I do? I think it starts with acknowledging where you are. It's acknowledging I am here. I am broken. I am sick. I am hurting. This is diseased. I have this thing in my soul. I have this thing in my family. I have this thing in my marriage. I have this thing in my friendship. It starts with acknowledging where you're at. If we remain here, we will die. That's where it starts, acknowledging. Secondly, I believe it, it's asking God for the wisdom to know the next step. There's a lot of people with a lot of good opinions. And you need the wisdom to hear the whisper of God as he breathes, as he shines his word. Your word is a light unto my feet and a path, a path to my feet and a light unto my ways. 
It takes listening and trusting and, and, and trying to, Lord, what is it that you have for me? And then walking in it. So then, so you've, you've acknowledged it. You've asked God to give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it, even when it's hard. And then it starts with a step. It doesn't have to be a big step. That wasn't very big, I know. It's got to be a step. You can't take a step and not take a step. You can't say, well, I've done it in my mind. You've got to do it in your heart. You've actually physically got to do something. Practically, well, could be, a, here's, a, here's a bunch of ideas. And as you talk to the Lord about it, I'm sure he'll give you some more. Maybe a little step could be, you know what? I've got to start that conversation with that person who's hurt me, who disappointed me, the person who I'm struggling with. Maybe that's that little step. Maybe it's a little text. Maybe it's booking an appointment at the doctor. Oh, you don't want to go, but just start. Make the appointment. That's a starting point. Maybe a little step for you is sharing your pain with a close friend or a counsellor. Or making an appointment with myself or David or Joan or a connect group leader. Maybe a little little step you can do is to connect to another group of people. And our connect groups are a wonderful way to do that. Or the other ministries of our church, we've got prayer ministries you could... Uh, that you could get the help desk will give you information about how you can receive prayer. You've got to do something. You can't stay. You can't, friends, you can't stay on this side of the line because if you stay there, you will die. If you dare to take a step, I can, I can guarantee you, you will find God's goodness and God's love and God's grace and God's provision. How do I know that? Because God's word reveals that's who he is. They may not look for the lepers. They didn't know what it looked like. They were just expecting some food from the Arameans. They didn't know that they'd discover abundance and blessing. Maybe, maybe a simple step for you could be putting a filter on your internet. That could be a simple step if you're struggling in that space. Maybe another simple step would be becoming accountable in your finances, in your spending. Cut up a credit card. Do something that's going to, if, if, that's, if that's the issue, if that's a, a practical thing for you, there's a simple thing you can do. See a financial counselor. Go, if, you, there's, if, you've got, if you need help in that space, we've got people in our church that are willing to help you. Not give you money and sort your problem out, but help you think through and pray through how you can bring some correction in your financial world. Maybe a simple step could be for you to, to brush the dust off your Bible. To, 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 to start reading again. Not the whole book. Just start with it. Just start with the story. Just start with the paragraph. Just start with as the Holy Spirit would lead you through His Word and just meditate on it. Perhaps a simple step is a connect group or joining our Bible school or going to one of Bob's life groups or I don't know what, I don't know what your simple step is, but I know it can't be nothing. I know you just can't stay in the same place and expect a different outcome. What step will you take? That's how I'm going to end this message. What step will you take? What is God saying to you? Because friends, if you stay where you're at, you will die. 
So perhaps this morning you will, still morning, you will, you will, you will be willing to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? This has happened for my whole life for the last X amount of years or weeks or whatever, but you know what? I'm not defined by what's happened in the past. I'm going to draw a new line in the sand and saying, today, I'm going to cross the line. And as I do, God, I'm going to do something. I'm going to contact someone. I'm going to speak to someone. I'm going to have a phone call or a text or, a, or join a group or do something because then I'm going to trust that. I don't know what this side of the line looks like, but I know it's got to be better than this side. And as I stand, you step across that line, that oh, my prayer, and I'm going to pray in a minute, and my prayer is that you, like those lepers, will discover, you'll be startled by what God has for you. But, but you're not going to get it. You're not going to experience it on this side. Why don't you stand with me, please? We'll just get, um, just stand on keyboard, thanks. So I made it through my sermon. That's good news. Good news for you. No good news for me. But I really wanted to, I really felt I needed to, that that was a hard message for me to, 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 to pull together. But I just know that God is speaking to people here today and saying, you've got to say enough is enough. I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to step out in faith and trust in the goodness of God that he has a better future for me. Perhaps for you this morning, a simple step, one, it might sound like a simple step, but it's the biggest step you'll ever make. It's like what Dan was talking about. It was the day that, that he accepted and acknowledged Jesus into his life and, and actually took a step toward Jesus. And the Bible tells us as we take one step toward him, he runs toward us. Sometimes we're afraid of crossing that line of, 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 of becoming a friend of Jesus because we're afraid that he will reject us. Can I, can I guarantee you, if you would today or whenever, and I'd encourage you to do it soon because I know that life is short. There are no guarantees you're going to face another tomorrow. That you would, you would, you would reach out and receive Jesus. That you would take a step across that line and says, I don't want to live life for myself. I haven't got it all worked out, but I'm going to trust that God can do a better job with my life than I can do in the past. This morning, maybe that's you. Maybe that's the line you want to cross. I don't know. What line have you got? Why don't we pray? Just close our eyes. Father God, I, Lord, I just come before you and I, Lord, I've done what I can do. Lord, I've, I've, I've shared what you've asked me to say. And Lord, the rest is the working of your Holy Spirit in people's hearts and people's souls. The rest is out of my hands. The rest is a partnership between them and you. And so, Lord, I would pray, Lord, I ask God, that you would speak to every single one of us, regardless of our age, regardless of our gender, regardless of our color of our skin, regardless of our where we live or the car we drive, wherever we are, Lord, I ask that you would just whisper and speak. Well, actually, I know you're speaking. I pray that you would open our ears to hear you. 
And Lord, that we as a church will not be prepared to stay on this side of the line. That we're not going to be prepared to stay at a place of, of comfort or, 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 comfort or familiarity. That we would trust you that you've got a wonderful future for our tomorrow. Just as we close, or as our eyes are closed, I just want to ask the question. If you're here this morning and you've never crossed the line that invites Jesus to be part of your life, if you've never done that, I'd love to pray with you. So I'm going to ask very quickly, if that's you, you've never asked Jesus to be part of your life and you'd like to cross that line today, I'd love to pray with you. Just give me a little wave and say, Mark, that's me. Today I want to cross the line from death into life, from despair into purpose. Anyone this morning, take a step toward Jesus. Okay. Well, the last question I have is, and I just, I'm just going to ask for a quick show of hands. I'm not going to get anyone out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But this morning, if you're here and you know that you've got to draw a line in the sand and you know that you've got to step across it, just give me a little wave because I want to include you in a prayer. Thanks, thanks. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, there's so many of us, Lord, who sense your Holy Spirit speaking to us. We don't know it's the Holy Spirit. We just know something's going on inside of us. And Lord, I know, I know that's your Spirit. But Lord, I pray that you would, for every person that raised their hand, for every person that's just trying to figure out what to do, for everyone that's frustrated or fearful on this side of the line, Lord, I pray that you would give them the wisdom to know what to do, the step they need to take, and the courage to do it, even when it is really, really hard. And Lord, I just thank you that upon the other side, on the other side of the line, you have a better tomorrow. Lord, I thank you that you love us enough not to leave us. You're not afraid of the mess on our side of the line. In fact, Jesus, when you left heaven, you crossed the line into our mess, into our chaos, into our darkness. And Jesus, you gave mankind the opportunity to cross the line into hope and purpose and life. We thank you for that. And I pray that we would be a people that walk worthy of the life that you gave for us. And that not only will we walk across the line, Lord, that you would help us see the reason we are across the line is not just for us, it's for others. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.